Mic check one, two, one, two. My name is Mahogany L. Brown. My name is Jive Poetic. And this is Brooklyn Poetry Slam's podcast, More Than Slam. This is a four-episode series about the past, present, and future of slam, performance, and socially activated poetry. Today we're talking to the Brooklyn Slam team, fresh back on a trip to what? Antigua, the second yeah. annual cultural yeah. exchange carnival Antigua. slam. All that, all that. that. Sounds great. Who are we joined by, Jai? Glad you asked. I did we, ask. You did. We're joined by <laughs> Roddy, all caps. Hey. C.J. Parker. Lindsey Young. Oh, Enrico Frederick. And of Hello. course, we can't forget Anthony McPherson. He's not here right now. Yeah, so easy. He's out in the world. He's in Africa. He's doing yeah. big things. What? And yes. these individuals make up the Brooklyn Slam team of 2019. Tell us about Antigua. What does it feel like to have your poetry take you to some place like Carnival? Oh, it's, that's a blessing. Uh, like, personally speaking, this is something that I've, I've written down. I wanted to see how far words can take me if it was able to take me overseas so like to to actually manifest that and to see that not only can it take me overseas but it can take me overseas and i still have a good time while i'm over there with those words Mm -hmm. um it felt beautiful to not have to change words to fit uh certain narratives that other people may understand like i was able to go over there and be the same tell the same stories i would tell at home it's it's Mm -hmm. The representation is still there, you know. the The artistry is 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 there as well. So it was. It felt good that you not only was able to take your work overseas, but you didn't have to alter your work overseas either. Mm-hmm. Like you could share it and put it out there exactly as you wrote it. Mm-hmm. So that was great for me. Yeah. So I mean, so it was a, a cultural exchange. What were some of the cultural differences that you noticed when you were there, and similarities? Mm. It's all love over there. It's not love. Yeah. Like um. Obviously, we have to slam in order to make it on the team. And so that culture is just completely different than what we experienced overseas. It's like we landed and the sun is out and everyone is just happy and smiling and drinking. And like, you know, we're at Carnival. And the only Carnival I've ever experienced is in Brooklyn. (laughs) Honestly, Eastern Parkway life. And like that Carnival is very different. Like that Juve is very different. You know what I mean? Like. Well, ours is so full of just violence. Like you're constantly mm-hmm. you're like you're fearing for your life when you're out and you're trying to celebrate and you're trying to, you know, enjoy like the, the, the freedom that comes from this type of celebration. And like people die and like all the cops are everywhere and like people don't really look like you around. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Antigua and that's a place that's like over 90% just black people is pretty much Wakanda. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, we landed and I was just like, wow, I ain't seen not one. Everyone looks like me, but like I had not an ounce of fear while I was out there. Like everything was just celebratory and all the drinking, the food and just the people and the vibes. Like it was completely different than what I experienced here in Brooklyn. I think uh, for me, I am West Indian. I was born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago. So going back to an island uh, took me right back to where I came from and that nurturing feeling that I was blessed with mm. being raised in the West Indies, being surrounded by black people, again, in a familiar way was really, really heartwarming for me and reminded me so much of, of my culture and, and the things that I want to and always try to bring in my writing as well, um, possessing that and owning and having some ownership over that again and remembering my accent and being able to talk Trini mm. and, and feeling comfortable in that space was a beautiful place to be. Yeah. Mm, that's so. interesting. 
I'm, I'm, I wondered how that experience informed your poetry now, um, because how we respond to poetry is very different here in the states and the slam yeah. receive a score. Yeah. And there, it's it's a bit different in how they they take in the poetry. So has it informed your work? Has it informed your performance? And if so, how? And just say your name before you speak. Because they can't they can't see. Yeah, it. they can't see. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, my name's Rico. Um, I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, as I said earlier, and it informed my writing because now I, I really have an appetite for speaking with the West Indian drawl again and using it more in in depth in my writing. And the one thing I definitely identified, I write happier as a West Indian. Mm. And it's a very interesting thing to like, the joy in what I, I do. Um, as Roddy. Yeah, yeah, this is Roddy speaking. Not to cut you off. Roddy, all caps. Passing the mic. But, um, all caps, all right. caps, that no was cap. One thing I really enjoyed as far as the culture, the, the different cultures in our art. Mm -hmm. Like, um, every artist that got on stage that night who was from the island was either singing a love song, mm -hmm. had a love poem. Everything That's... came from love and happiness. Yes. And mm -hmm. us, even... Even, and I'm not saying there's a knock against us, a lot of us was reflective of what we go through at home. Yeah. And it's not always love and sunshine. Even right. when we, even, even in our love poems, we still write struggle. We still write pain right. in our love poems. Exactly. It's right. because that's, it seemed like that's always been included into love, especially coming from here. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we kind of take that with the social consciousness. Like yeah. being black and being in love is a political movement in America. Yeah. It is. But over love there. Is the first revolution. Yes. But it seemed like over there, it's, it's not, it's just natural. It just is. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they just, we, it was the first time I've been to a poetry event and not one poet went up there with something that was like, okay, gut wrenching. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, you know, I'm, you know, trauma. yeah, you have some people who have yeah. like that. You know, they they use the poetry for the healing, so it could cause a little bit of uneasiness for the crowd, which I'm I'm used to feeling by now. But to be in a room where everybody, everyone sung love poems, you yeah. know, sung love songs, and everyone yeah. did love poems, and you know, we up there like you know, fight the power. You know, they with it, they understand the message that we're saying. But it's, it was just great to see, like you know, obviously being in another area you're gonna write about different things and, and they are obviously surrounded by so much love that they just, it just flows out of them on, yeah. on paper or on the mic. However, yeah. that was a real culture clash. I didn't expect that. Yeah. That's right. Um, CJ here to like speak on that a little bit more. Like I think a lot of our work um, is so full of trauma because it's experiential. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so like coming back, I looked at their experiences versus ours and like one of the main things um, that stuck out was this idea of, like racism. And like how we experience it so second nature yeah. here that like I grew up with it, I understood it at a very young age, but Job was talking to the driver and he was like, <laughs> honestly, I didn't experience racism until I came to America and what was he in like his thirties or something like yeah. that? Like he didn't experience it his entire life. Like me, I kind of went through something similar where like I was, I was born and raised in East New York, moved to Canarsie. Like I didn't really have a lot of um, interaction with white people until like I went away to college. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like it was at 18, I'm 28 now, so it's been 10 years of just experience. Like, oh, okay, cool, this is like this culture. Mm -hmm. This is this American culture. And then you go over there and they're like, it's we have great. no idea what that is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm bringing poems about like being the only black kid in like an economics class in college. And they're looking at me like, I don't know what that is. Like, <laughs> you, you need to bring something that's more relatable to them because right. they're not experiencing the same things we are. Mm -hmm. And we know when you come from a country that's over 90% black, like, our experiences with other races, like yeah. not even just white people, which is racist period. Yeah. And like what we go through 
when we're in this melting pot of Brooklyn and New York period, like they don't know, they haven't experienced it. They don't never seen it, never heard it. So like, it was cool to bring my experiences there so that they could understand what we're going through. But then it also changed how I write because now I want to be able to address everyone and not yeah. just address the people who are going through what I'm going through and just talking to this bubble that is New York City. All right, so. Wait, Lindsay has a hand up my Lindsay. Lindsay, Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay had a hand up right. my podcast. <laughs> 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 this is Lindsay. Um, I feel like I, what I really valued um, about my experience over there was how well queerness was received mm. in mm. Um, in the context of my poetry. Because I, I also come from a, a West Indian family. They're all Jamaican. And... Um, I feel like I would be uncomfortable doing um, like poetry about queerness mm. in Jamaica, mm. um, and I kind of thought that, that would be mirrored in it as well, but mm. it wasn't, mm. and Death. it was such a pleasant surprise. Like I was like, I did this poem; they they enjoyed it, they listened to it, yes. and I didn't feel unsafe behind it. Mm. And I feel like the way that that's kind of informed my writing afterwards, even just like being in an environment where it wasn't built around competition, we were building this show just for the sake of showcasing poetry, mm -hmm. has made me want to get more like experimental with what I'm doing. It's not all about, you know, the stuff that's going to get more points. Mm -hmm. What kind of art do I actually want to make? Mm. Wow. Yo, well, that, this is Roddy again. Bouncing on what you said, because that was like really, really impactful. I was very nervous to do both of my pieces that <laughs> night, because yeah. I'm very openly gay in all of my poems. Yeah, it's, like, it's just, it's no hiding it. And I, I've been taught to celebrate that here, because mm -hmm. it's so, you don't see a lot of people get on the stage who are a part of this community and celebrate that part of their life. It's always, you know, they're trying to defend it mm -hmm. as opposed to celebrating it. Mm -hmm. um, but going out there, and I honestly thought I would be, it would be a misrepresentation of what was going on, but it wasn't. There are women over there who look like me, who yeah. move and dress like me, who obviously love the way that I do. Yeah. And it's, it was awesome to get on stage, do my poems, and have men come up to me afterwards like, I, I love what you said. Like, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. I, I did not think that was going to happen mm -hmm. by far. So that definitely made me feel more confident. Like, okay, I need to just trust my words. Mm -hmm. Just trust what I'm saying. It'll, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that um, I haven't written anything yet since I've been back from Antigua just yet. But, like, as far as, like, trusting who I am on stage more now, that has definitely pushed it. Like, I'm not, it's, it's giving me less fear to go on stage and say what I have to say. Even in a room full of people where I don't think they're going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even matter to me anymore. And that helps a lot. I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was excited to see you all put, put those particular pieces on stage because I know, uh, and, and one of the reasons why we, we considered Antigua for this this trip, because when we speak about the West Indies and the Caribbean, people vary, they know Jamaica, they know right away, right? Yeah. They know Trinidad, and they know like the Caribbean, they, other Caribbean countries, like, you know, Latin American countries, they know them. But in some places like Antigua, it's very different, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea of being there and having this exchange there, I felt like it would shift the way in which we, we saw these things. So do you feel... That, when did you feel that shift? Like when you came back, did you feel like a shift in how you thought about your writing? Honestly, it wasn't even it wasn't even when I came back. It was the next day, mm -hmm. right after the performance. We had a pretty chill day that day, and I was really thinking about it because I, I texted my mom and I'm like, you know, this guy told me I was I did really well, and you know, she was like, um, she was like, which one did you do? And I told her which one, and, and you know, I'm like, I didn't think it would go over because mm -hmm. of you know a lot of the the gay stuff that I'm saying in the poem. And 
she was like, no, that's a really good thing. Like, you did a, a really good job if somebody was to come up and, and, like, compliment that. So I'm thinking about, like, I was really nervous of doing this poem here. Like, I, the poems that I was originally going with had absolutely nothing to do with my lifestyle. So when that was like, when we changed it, and we were like, okay, you know, guys, we want you to do this poem, Roddy. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go. It, it, I didn't, it didn't take me to get home to realize that. It really was the next day, like, speaking it out and noticing like okay not only was i able to do it the last person who i ever thought would even be moved by my words came up and told me i did a good job mm -hmm. yeah. that's a perfect segue can we hear a little bit of that poem sure uh might as well start from the top yeah uh <laughs> four reasons i'd be the perfect lifeguard at any local beach one i am woman as that water flows daily i flow monthly both of our liquids essential to life so organisms live and grow in us both, they say. On the inside, I can hold bodies and water naturally, so on the outside, I should be able to pull bodies from water easily, too. I am a lesbian. This is the gay part, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so water is always better. I have no problem diving face first into your water just to help you Breathe. Once I grabbed your body, I've saved you. Came to your wet rescue. Even if you tried to drown me, I'd die happily, suffocating and swallowing, <laughs> never giving up on you or your body of water. Three. Should I stop there? Keep it rolling. Three. As we can see at the stable, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fatty. Which means I float. Mm -hmm. I can gloat because big bodies bring buoyancy. I mean, there's plenty of me to latch onto. Grab my arms, my back fat on my gut. I'm used to people pulling me down just to lift themselves up because they. There we go. You want to see the rest of it? Follow me on Instagram. Come to a show. Buy a book. Let's do that. R A D I. Yes. All caps. No tricks, brother. Yeah. I think nice. following up on that conversation, the fact that Roddy just did that poem mm -hmm. and had to coach me through the water <laughs> yeah. was a real Literally. thing. Literally. Like, Literally. Um, Literally. I think that was something re really interesting was, because uh, it so was you facing your fears was something mm -hmm. that Antigua mm -hmm. definitely brought to the, to the front. How um, so? Because I'm Trini and I hold it back so much. Mm -hmm. I carry my flag with me everywhere and I represent hard. Everybody who's ever seen me perform, my flag is in my hand. Um, but I also speak with this American accent because it guides me through the world. It's self-preservation in a lot of spaces. Um, professionally, I'm a graphic designer, so walking into corporate boardrooms with a Trini accent sometimes will get you looked at in a way that will distract. Um, so I use the camouflage of an American accent mm -hmm. as, as a way of moving through America. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to being on the beach and having that, 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 that someone who say, you got this, you can, you can do this, go into the deep end, get that water and like, you'll, I got you. Um, this team did that for me this year because uh, I held back from a lot of potential pieces and a lot of potential things that I was working on and having this community of poets, especially this this group, um, really helped me come back to a realization of what the Trini inside of me represents, mm -hmm. what being West Indian represents in America, um, and how much power that, that takes and how much power that holds. Um, so I think that, that essentially is what's guiding my writing now, 
what can I say that stands forth as a West Indian American? Um, so that that's that's me in a nutshell, Rico speaking. You're so um, fucking dope, Rico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was when we say teammate to each other, it means something special. Mm. And I think going through the experience of writing new work or editing work so that we can actually see ourselves and see another community outside of ourselves mm -hmm. um, was really impactful for me. And I, I take that with me in my writing now. Um, I think Lindsay and I were having conversations about being Jamaican and being Trinidad and how that world reflects outside of itself. Because um, if you're in a room and you start talking Trinidadian, Oh, that's so cruel. What is that? Oh, I had a friend who went to Trinidad once. And I'm like, all right, Do that's you know cool. Him? Yeah, <laughs> right? Wow. And that idea, it's so, it's so small how they, they box you into that corner. And it's like, nah, I do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And as a writer and a poet, hear me out. Hear me out, you know. I'm wondering, did, do you feel that you were able to expand not just your idea of self, um, but your, your idea of what your art can be? Um, who you are to the world, the community, uh, because it wasn't just a slam space, uh, because we're used to working Absolutely. in this, you know, the small parameter of we have to do this poem three minutes or less. Yeah. We have to have, you know, so many people speaking. We only could talk about these things. Uh, Jive and I were really interested in the cultural exchange program, doing something that just like, uh, I don't know, gave us permission to be real ambassadors mm. of, of our mm. language in our, our many languages, right, yeah. of our bodies, of our communities, and, and what does that mean to go and experience something else and in turn learn how mm -hmm. to breathe, like be better better human beings so when we come back, we can even make our, our, our spaces even stronger. So I'm wondering, did the slam help hinder? Was it tricky? Because I know like you were like, we're, we, it doesn't have to be three minutes, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, yeah, that, was crazy, CJ. that was crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Um, so I don't think the slam necessarily hurt. Um, I felt like the slam was a good way to sift out people who are actually motivated and really want to do it. Um, because practice is hard. Mm -hmm. Writing is hard. Right. Editing is hard. Say that. Choreo right. is hard. Like all these things you <laughs> think are coming out, right? What's choreo? Choreo. It's oh, easy when you need them, right? Like choreo. <laughs> what? Bring it all on the stage. It's an entire experience. Um, you know, you don't move unless that movement is meticulous or adds to, you know, what you're saying. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's pointless. Mm -hmm. It's just gesticulating. So, like, um, everything about our performance is is practiced and, you know, it's made and it's done in a way where, you know, we convey what we're writing in the best way we can. And so I feel like the slam helps that. Um, it helps the motivation to get through, you know, the six, eight weeks worth of practice, a couple times a week, mm -hmm. um, meeting by ourselves, meeting with the coaches, performing multiple times a week. Like, it gets hard, it gets arduous. So the slam helps in that nature. But it was refreshing to know that, you know, once we made the team, fuck the rules. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck the rules. There's, there's no reason for us to have poems that are three minutes and 20 seconds and we're not going to get penalized. And for me, um, I actually don't really like slam. Mm -hmm. Like slam to me was an avenue to get into the rooms that I am right now. Well, and so now yeah. that I'm here, I'm like, fuck slam, to be honest with you. Like, mm -hmm. I just want to write. Mm -hmm. um, my pen leans more towards my experiences and sometimes my experiences aren't the things that are winning slam. Like a lot of times, especially in competitive um, poetry, mm -hmm. 
it's a trauma factory. Like, mm. what what can you bring to the stage that's going to be the most jarring thing that someone can latch onto and give you a good score for? Mm. And, you know, some of my life is traumatizing, and I don't want to have to relive that every time I get on stage in order sure. to be successful. And so you guys provided this avenue where it was like, I can still write about my experiences, and it doesn't have to open up wounds. It doesn't have to... You know, rescar. You know everything I've been trying to heal over the past like ten, fifteen years of my life, and that's crucial, very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And um, like I appreciate the um, the opportunity to do that because then I was able to go overseas and just write poems about how I feel and what's going on, mm-hmm. and not have to worry about any stipulations that come with competition. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna hold you. This Roddy again. I love slam. I do. Mm-hmm. I love the act of slam. I like the. I love the competition. I love seeing people. Um, I love to see legends of slam, people who have who've left the slam game, who've gone off and featured and traveled the world, and them coming back and saying, you know, well, slam is what keeps me sharp. You know, that'll sharpen me up. And I, I love that because it shows like, okay, there are cer- certain negative aspects of slam, but there are still certain positive aspects that pose respect. Absolutely. Like, it, it, it gives you a hunger. It makes you want to write better. One thing I love about slam is, is being beat by a great poet. Because it, it, it makes me, you know, like, okay, this is a level I can, you know, aspire to. It, and, then, and I feel every poet has that, you know, like every poet has a favorite poet, whether it's them or someone else. But, like, I love that about Slam. I really do. I, I love certain aspects of it. The one thing that I hate about Slam, and a, and a lot of people are turned off about it, is that it, it definitely places boundaries around mm. the creativity of an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to be trained to write in three minutes. Mm-hmm. I was used to writing seven, eight-minute stories, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I and so to going to slam and to have that going over and over that for years, doing slams for years, you start to realize that now your poems aren't going over two minutes and 30 seconds anymore. Or you realize that you're, you know, certain people who write poems strictly for competition, that if they were to go on stage and it's no scores, you know, how do you, how do you perform it now? So that's what I loved about going to Antigua. Antigua really pushed it. Like now that you're on a team, not even by yourself, because it's less it's less um, stress for me to be by myself and do a feature. But if I'm with a team and we're not, I've never been on a team that wasn't for points. Mm-hmm. I've never been on a team that wasn't yeah. trying to beat something or wasn't trying to, you know, be the best at something. This was just, okay, no, we're going to be a team and we're going to be creative. That's it. So it really pushes you, like, okay, if you could get on stage and literally in a whole different country, a part of the world where no one knows you, mm-hmm. and you're just an artist, who are you? What are you going to say? How do you represent yourself? Do you go back into your slam training? Or do you break that? You know, do you are you more talkative? Or you, yeah. do you get to laugh and engage, a call and response type thing? Because you don't, you know, this is the first time we could actually go somewhere and do our, do our poetry. We could have music playing in the back. We could have wore yeah. props. We could have wore costumes. Mm-hmm. Granted, we didn't. You know, because we're slam poets. I know for me, because I'm, I'm a slam poet, I really don't know how to do that just yet. But mm-hmm. now that I know that there are shows out there and there are places I can go with a team and we can all bring our characters to life, like fully bring them to life. Yeah. So that I think Antigua really opened up that door, especially for, for this year in slam. Like it, it just lets you know, like even if slam is not there as a poet, you, you can still put so many, like, it's just limitless to what you can do on stage when it comes to your art. And I really appreciate Antigua for letting us do that. So maybe real quick we can hear someone say, what is slam? Because if you're listening to yeah. this, you may not know what we're even talking about. Um, slam mm-hmm. as a vehicle, not an actual 
kind of poem. Well, also, what, can, and what is it, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. what is slam and, and how has the industry of slam changed in two minutes or less? Who wants to take that task? Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Yeah, Go ahead, youngest. Rico. You're the vet of the... That was the most right? reluctant volunteer. You can't see the Rico... The interesting thing is that I'm the last person to ask about slam because I've been around it for 20 years. But I think the interesting thing for me is that I've never seen it as... It's just an opportunity to read three poems for me, mm-hmm. and it's it's simplified. But it is a strict competition okay. where you have to perform. You have three minutes and twenty seconds to perform one poem. Mm-hmm. Um, original. Original. Hey, no musical accompaniment. No musical accompaniment. <laughs> keep, 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 keep the clothes on. Keep the clothes on. No props. Um, there's a point system. You you get judged by five, five, five judges. random judges sometimes. I've been in rooms where that is not the case. Sometimes it's three. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And usually sometimes the, they're not random. Right. Really. Sometimes they're not random. Um, you drop the high you, score, you, you drop, drop the, the low, low score. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like the Olympics, but is, more yeah. so. What does that competition mean for people? What is what is Roddy talking about? If you had to explain it to someone who's never seen it before, what is slam? Oh, what is a slam competition? What does a slam team mean, Lindsay? Yeah. Hello. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um I think slam means different things to different poets. Um, like there are some poets that they rely entirely on this competition to validate who they are as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that can get very dangerous mm-hmm. because it starts changing your art into something that isn't necessarily a part of you, that isn't necessarily authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for other people, you know, like some of us in here, we kind of look at it as uh, a tool for community building, mm-hmm. a yeah. tool for, you know, sharpening your performance skills, mm-hmm. um, which is personally what I look to it for. Those are what I pull from the um, from being the positives of yeah. slam competitions. Um, but yeah, I think there's positives and negatives to it, mm-hmm. the overall landscape. Um, and I think that we're moving away from it now because people have seen what it's been doing mm. to the actual poetry. Yeah. Um, it's been making it very repetitive. It's kind of boiled everything down to like an equation, a science mm-hmm. to it. A formula. To, yeah. A formula mm-hmm. um, to get through this competition and get through it well. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely think that the art suffers mm-hmm. as a result um, very often. I think CJ brought it up where he was like, it becomes a trauma factory. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. Yeah. It, um, it, that, that definitely yeah. is reflective of the crowd you're in front of. Because mm-hmm. people, you write for who you who you think is going to be in the crowd. Yeah. And for anybody who ever wanted to do a slam, it's literally find some poets, at yep. least three poets, let them have at least three poems. They can't go over three minutes. If they start going over three minutes, they take points off of that. Yep. You have a crowd or, you know, um, and you pick people out of that crowd to give you points, one through ten, uh, one decimal place, because if you don't have decimal places, the ties is going to go on forever. Because, <laughs> you know, and it's, um, within these competitions, it's like uh, when you're when you're an individual poet, you know, you, you only can get up there, you can just do your pieces by yourself. When you have a team, you're able to, to merge with other teammates. Mm-hmm. So, and I love, that's the best part about being on the team is group pieces. Mm, yeah. Group pieces really True. shows, if that's, a, if you ask me, group pieces are, are staple to show if you're a good team or not because mm. it forces you to even as an artist it forces me like okay I, i'm on it i'm on a team with dope poets 
and I feel like I'm dope too. But how, how can you be dope if you can't merge your dopeness? Or, or <laughs> you like, can't you, can't, dope you, can't, you can't alter your dope to, to compliment somebody yeah. else's dope. It's like, you don't know how to do that. <laughs> you can't do that, then you're not, like, it, yeah. that's why if you are, that I always tell people, even if you don't like slam as a poet, make a team. Be on a team with somebody. Learn yeah. how to, like, work with other people yeah. when it comes yeah. to these, like, to these poems, because it's Two beautiful. minds on a piece. That it's it's so beautiful, mm -hmm. yo. It's so beautiful to to Three, see. Four. Yes, five, five man pieces, man pieces or, you know, is crazy. You see five people get on the stage and they all move a certain way or at the same time. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. yep. They yeah. don't even have to say anything. They can just stomp their foot mm -hmm. and say and. That and is now like <laughs> the best and of the poem. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and you know, um, so with doing that, people people think it's very easy, but it's so hard to set poems like yeah. that up to have five people move on the same note on the same cadence say the same things and this is something that i've seen with poets now in slam like they say this they're saying their the whole poem together which is completely oh. difficult because mm -hmm. it's like you know nobody speaks the same we can all read the same piece yeah. right now and we'll all read it differently but to, cadence, yes to like get it down with someone else and you're saying it at the same time the, yeah. your voice is going up and, and influctuating or you know, whatever up and down at the same time it's dope I want to I just make sure we draw a, a good distinction, too, because a lot of the time, I mean, we've all had experiences with slam, but people who may be listening to this, sometimes they get it confused, and they think, you know, slam is a, a, a style of poetry. It's a genre of poetry. Like, for example, we're going to write a haiku, we're going to write a limerick, slam. we're going to write a slam. Yeah. And I go to shows, I've been to shows where people are like, okay, Jai Foy is going to do his slam. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to do a whole slam by myself. No, that's impossible. I can't do it. <laughs> so, but the thing is, and, and from that, a lot of the times, poets who participate in the slam find their work gets reduced to just performance, and they mm -hmm. assume that this work doesn't hold up on the page. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you all could talk about some of the writing processes and, and the steps we've taken, or you've taken, mm -hmm. as writers, mm -hmm. because it's at the end of the day, this is still literature, right? Slam is just a, a vehicle, it's a, it's a competition event, but inside of the slam, poetry is actually happening. Yes. And, and with that being said, that means literature is being created in contemporary mm -hmm. literature that will be studied because it's going viral, it's going mm -hmm. international. So can you talk to us about the writing process, the actual putting of the words and the conceptualizing and mm -hmm. the editing process? So I've been writing for a little while, um, but my first team, I made my first team last year and then did it again this year, thank you. Um, and I feel like mm -hmm. trusting, trusting my story and trusting the words um, was probably two of the phrases that resonated with me and stuck with me as I've been writing. Um, keeping things in my own perspective. And obviously, as poets, um, we're known to extrapolate and, and exaggerate um, instances and turn them into, you know, using flowery language, turning them into these experiences for other mm -hmm. people. Um, but to be able to root yourself <laughs> in your own truth um and just speak speak your story and so like i had a poem that went through like eight rounds of edits yeah. <laughs> and it was a poem there's originally two poems that i kind of <laughs> merged into one poem and i said it out loud and um, immediately coach was like that's two different poems I'm like, damn <laughs> ah got you bro and it's like all right so what's happening in this poem tell me about this poem what did you feel in this poem mm -hmm. and to be able to like deep dive into the instances and emotions behind my writing really generated one of the most powerful pieces that I've ever written about like my own identity and what I was going through because I had to like I had to delve into it. 
like the process and you know the workshops to be able to like all right sit down say this poem out loud mm -hmm. take everything away from it just say the words mm -hmm. do you trust the words mm -hmm. is this your story yeah. you know what i mean like all those things and like being able to go through those workshops with these two phenomenal people to my right that you can't see mahogany o brown and job poetic and you know really jumping into um like who i am and who i am in my writing mm -hmm. um cru yeah crucial crucial aspect of being on a team um the writing for me is the most important part of it. Like joining a team. I don't like slam, but I love being on a team. Mm -hmm. um, love it. So the collective, the collective is, yeah, absolutely. is which is a perfect segue for your group piece. Ah. Since we talked about group poems, we talked about process and editing. Mm -hmm. Can y'all sure. share a little bit of your group piece from last night? Oh, which one is you I'm in a bunch of them. from last night. Ah. So this is actually a funny example, um, just from context. Um, Lindsay wrote the poem first, mm -hmm. and this is a great example of you know being able to merge yourself into someone else's work. Where mm -hmm. you know she had this this content and this subject, and I was like, I can relate to this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of overlap here, and mm -hmm. so I had to you know curtail a bit of my writing to fit her style and her cadence and her pacing, which is freaking dope. It's one of the dopest things about her That's, writing. It's just like yeah, her ability to deliver it in the way yeah. she does it. Yeah. <laughs> and so like I'm I, I'm here pretty much matching her and trying my best to keep up. You matching her fly? I'm matching yeah, her fly. What's it? Merging your dope? Merging your dope. Merging your dope. Let's hear how this goes. But here it works. Okay. Also, the groupies breath. Copy. I'm confident, I'm happy, I'm okay. I'm confident, I'm happy, I'm okay. I'm an island in a dark room. Someone asks how I've been, offers me a drink, I trip over two words. I'm, I'm confident, confident, we both laugh, I'm a fuck up, I don't mm. speak until we have rehearsed things better. I feel my arms cross. I feel the conversation run off without me. I failed again the day Carnegie Hall shrinks down to a bathroom stall and the waiter becomes a bright light and a microphone stand. I order the same thing every time I come here, but still find solace in the silence of my menu. I am happy. I've never appreciated how vast the human body is until I run out of places to put it. Hands go, armpit, then pocket, then belt loop, feet, Play hot potato with my body weight. I am confident I need to find something to lean on. Reach for my cell phone like a life vest. Watch my posture, mind my gaze, fix my face, look approachable. A girl that's known me 12 years lives on a street that touches mine. But I'm afraid she can feel my sweaty hands. See the way my jaw locks when I run out of small words. She'll turn and disappear into this silence that I've built. I'm, I'm happy. I stay exactly where I am, scared to turn her to stranger right in front of me. I swallow a mouthful of water, let the width of this room fill my stomach, sink to the bottom. And have my teeth filter out the absence of everyone that I miss. Act normal. Conform. I'm not special. I'm defective. I'm in a room full of people who remember my first show. But this still feels like a performance smile. Make a good fit impression. There are elephants in the room and they remember everything. I'm confident even when I didn't hear the punchline to the joke. Just <laughs> laugh. <laughs> anyway, I'm okay. I walk into a room with poets. I shrink down to the size of my shoes. I'm in love with this room. And I let it walk all over me. Bow my head whenever a familiar face threatens a, a smile, smile or a question or room for me to be. When all I want is to disappear in peace, I'm okay. I repeat this prayer, hoping the death of my own heartbeat will not fill my ears. My therapist says, 
<laughs> People at home cannot see what just happened here. It was, so they were doing this group home, right? right. And they were going and going. And Lindsay was so into the point, her eyes were completely closed, right? And we were giving she's a single. Like, all right, that's, she's just going. She's going. She's like, literally, dead. <laughs> 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 but you even know, like, in the beginning, how, like, when y'all was first doing it, y'all was still doing the chorus. Yeah, that's the best way to show, like, the difference between the writing and being, like, when you are a writer and you, you know, you write poetry as opposed to being a slam poet. With a slam poet, when you finish, like we we get so caught up in like we we get so caught up in the multiple layers of the of the performance, yeah. the writing, the way it's being said, what we're doing, what we're saying, and how we're looking, all all of this stuff. But when we do when um, when you start doing that a lot, like a lot of people will be writing poems and they already see the performance of the poem while they're writing it, and that'll block you, it'll block you mm. from writing certain lines. Mm -hmm. So like it was that's why I really love being on this team. Like it forced me to like what Mahogany told me was when you leave the room what does your poem say about you on paper like is your words still defending you cause your performance is dope don't get me wrong but I've seen a lot of trash poems be performed dope yeah. and get great slam poems and that surprised by your own dope it stuck with me because I've, I'm, I've been I've, I feel like I've done I've done that a lot like I've written I've written and I see the performance of me writing something as opposed to mm -hmm. simply writing it. Mm -hmm. Even uh, Coach Jive last year, which you said helped me out with the writing tenfold, just get it out. Mm -hmm. You know, write, write everything out. first. Yeah. Like yeah. all that, all the dope shit, that's going to come later. Right. Get whatever's in your head out first. Mm -hmm. Let it be long or short or whatever. And you'll add, you'll cut to it. Like us being poets, our, creative our creativeness is going to... It's going to merge into that poem. Mm -hmm. What do they say? You got to write it first. Yes. The, the actual poem happens with editing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's exactly. Yeah. That's, that was perfect. And people aren't like, for a long time, I wasn't doing it that way. I was writing it like, okay, nah, I can't say it like that. Right. Like, I'm right. already seeing how I'm saying it on stage. And I didn't even say what I wanted to say in the poem yet. Yeah. You're such a, a, a victim of the form that you don't allow yourself to like grow outside of this moment yeah. mm -hmm. and you never know what could be happening if you just write the story first and then go back and, mm -hmm. and start putting in art so this is what figurative language can do here like jive showed me all about enjambment i never thought about that as mm -hmm. another form of a poem happening mm -hmm. um, patricia smith also legend at you know every other line being a poem in yeah. itself in the body That's... of a poem so there's so many ways but you don't know that when you're writing it, you have to know that when you're editing it. Mm -hmm. You gotta get the story out first Ooh. so you don't get in the way of the story existing. It's always important. I think this is important for every writer. It's important that the form serves the poet and not the poet serve the form, right? Yeah. In particular what we're huh. doing, because what'll happen is you'll get lost. Like if, if it's necessary to break the form at some point, because you break it, you might end up inventing something completely new. Right. You might. It's yeah. not a prison. The forms are not jail. You know what I mean? <laughs> they shouldn't be. Break them if you need to. Long as you yeah. understand them. They say. To, they say to us young. You know, you, if you know the rules, you can break them. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, know, you know how to break them. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you know the rules, you can break them. You can break them. Yeah. <laughs> if you know how to break them, then you know how you defend them. Yeah. Because once you break them, you made that choice, and you can defend why you broke it. You know what I mean? And, and you're not a victim of the circumstance either. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I full full hearted. Believe that, hopefully. Uh, I love a new form. Afa, a Michael form. Weaver did the bop. The bop. Yeah. Where we introduced uh, the refrain of a song into the poem. Mm -hmm. Terrence Hayes created the golden shovel, the where you take Oof. like the last line of someone's poem already and then they'll, what, what is, I think he used Gwendolyn Brooks. Yeah. We real cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. And ended every line of each line of the poem 
ends with one of the words of that of that final line of her poem. Mm. And so like you can you can do it, but you have to be you have to know what you're doing. You can't walk into it and be like, I'm only going to do this rhyme because then you don't allow yourself to think outside the box. Yeah, right, you gotta break outside that box. And you might end up thinking you created something you didn't create. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean but it happens to everybody though. It happens to every everybody, you know, we, we, if you don't know what happened before, you don't know what's gonna happen in the future either. So but mm. well, I can we get, can we get a poem from Rico? Yeah, let's get a poem from Rico. You talked a lot about reclaiming aye, aye, aye. your voice. Um, I'd love to hear you talk about, you know, colors with a U. Yeah, do use a crock pot. What you say? Use a crock pot. Use a chicken fight at night. What you so, <laughs> so this is talking about me being uh, West Indian and coming to America and that idea of what... And, and coming back to the idea of what I learned in Antigua, what I'm, I'm bringing here is that idea of like, who I am today is part of all of the things I've learned in my past. And so this is a first day of school. Oh. <laughs> what happened? Well, uh, I, was, I was gonna read it. You were about to read this poem? Yeah, Yo. I was about to read it. All right, for those who are not, <laughs> you can't see Do this it. at home. Do it. Do it. Do it. Rico just tried to cheat. I tried to cheat. We've seen do this all the time. Those planks. And he pulled out his phone to read the poem. And Mo was going to make him do push-ups. Oh, push-ups. Do it again. do planks now. I don't do push-ups. I do planks now. You got to do planks now. Well, we're going to do a push-up. There we go. There we go. Dong El Secure Road stands a seamstress built like a switch. Quick to cock back, she left hand. Boy, who you think you're sucking your teeth at? I have a foot for both sides of the ass, you know. <laughs> Her son is a prefect. Perfect B student trying not to wrinkle the 6 a.m. pressed into a move on lab until school uniform. Never forgetting my English teacher's defiant creole, bamboo rulers, and crack knuckles. See, when I speak of my homeland, I know that to piss on a fire just to see smoke. <laughs> America. Your winters do not smell like a pomerac, the naive taste of native tongues. I failed my first exam because I spelled color with a you. You is a black crockpot. You is a midnight mm -hmm. cockfight. You is a blood-hungry guy El gossiping savannah dust, American tar baby. Homeland security in your mouth, gawking, shadowless, moving moko jumbi, steel pan, serenading the hips of a fat bouncy flag woman, a lot of mercy. <laughs> the way old glory stopped and stared at all our countries like, damn, you look good. Whoa. Yeah, I have to say one thing though. Um the blessing of this team was I got to write with two of my favorite people in life. In life. So the coaches, the coaches um brought me into this team and, and asked me to do something i haven't done in seven years which yeah. is write a group piece mm -hmm. so i got to perform with two legends in the in the slam community but also in the writing community and in the building community aspect of things i think mahogany l brown and jive poetic have built a community of love and safety and honesty that i cannot say enough about mm. so bk slam is a blessing because these two people have chosen to take care of us mm. and take us across the world so big ups to them my trini flag is out in heart in spirit and uh 
That's 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 it. That's that's the end of my poem this week. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Rico. Yeah. Rico did get to come in and represent um, the Community Engagement uh, Award because yeah. you're one of those few artists who, whether he's slamming or not, is a part of the community, and you always show up and you're always supportive, and and that really just means something. You know what I mean? We were really interested in making sure that we. We're building something outside of a competition mm -hmm. while the Brooklyn Slam does happen in a, a slam format here for, uh, what is it, community engagement, right? Mm -hmm. the, yeah. the masses love this this gymnastic score type thing. Mm -hmm. They love the America's Got Talent type thing. <laughs> but what, what we know is while we love to give that part of the, the entertainment to them, we have to make sure that our artists are fed yeah. and, it, and it can't always happen in just a competition space. So mm -hmm. we wanted to make sure that this existed in in, yeah. in, in various ways, in myriad of ways. So thank y'all so much for being on Come the first up. episode of More Than Slam. That's the show. We that's did. the show. No, it's, we finished our first one. We're very Holy excited smokes. about this. All right. It happened. This, yeah. was, this one, they would roll the credits or something, but we, <laughs> we all pick But I can help. More Than Slam is hosted by Mahogany L. Brown. Jive Poetic. And this series is produced by Emily Bogosian, Nia Iman Smith, and Jessica Sucher. It's recorded by Onel Moulet and edited by Sharuk Elmadi. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the feed wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on our live poetry slam housed here at Brick House, visit brickartsmedia.org slash poetry slam. For more information on this and other Brick Radio podcasts, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. Brooklyn. I'm so broke. Brooklyn. I didn't repay for the work. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Support the artist.